Welcome to the That's Deep podcast. I'm Naomi, and I'm an international board-certified life and success coach, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, or NLP, as you've heard it, an empath, a mother, an introvert, and a podcast host. It is my mission to empower humans from the inside out through inner and outer exploration. Thank you so much for being here. If you love the show, please give it a follow and a five-star rating. I appreciate you so much. Now let's dive in. Pardon the interruption, but I have a really quick question for all of you. What type of empath are you? If you're not sure and you haven't taken my empath quiz yet, you can certainly do so at thatsdeepco.com backslash empath dash quiz. And I will also leave a link for it in my show notes. When you take the quiz, you'll find out your type and you'll also be sent a free guided meditation that corresponds to your specific empath type. Thank you so much. And I look forward to helping you find out your type. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to invite you to connect with me on Instagram at naomicourtney.co. Again, that's at naomicourtney.co on Instagram. Thank you. All right. So I am so excited to welcome a very special guest to the show. Erin Claire Jones is a leadership coach who specializes in human design. She helps leaders and teams to step into their highest potential by offering them a blueprint to see how they operate so that they can perform at the top of their game in their personal and professional lives. She's consulted for startups across the globe, and she's also been featured in Forbes, Nylon Magazine, and Well and Good. Welcome, Erin. We're so happy to have you here today. Thank you. So glad to be here. So I just want to know all about your story and your background. Where are you from and what do you do for a living? Um, I I know I kind of explained, but I'm sure you can explain it so much better. (laughs) Of course. So um, I'm from Seattle. I live in New York City now and I work with human design, which basically is a system that kind of gives us our energetic DNA. And so I work with individuals and teams to kind of really give them that blueprint of how they're designed to operate at their best. Awesome. And what did you do before you started your business? We'd love to hear your story of like how you got to where you are now. Yeah. So I basically I had studied entrepreneurship and I started immediately working at startups um, and where I worked at a number of different startups. And I think part of what inspired my interest in human design is that I felt like I was working at all these amazing companies with like great founders and amazing missions, but it felt like people just like didn't understand each other. They didn't know how to kind of function together. And I just like didn't quite get how to make that piece better. And I think all my roles were always in terms of like helping people and helping people understand each other and work together. And, um, and then simultaneously on the side, I was always exploring lots of different personal development modalities just for fun and for my own growth. And I felt like there were just these like separate parts of my world. And I think when I was introduced to human design in 2015, it just felt like the bridge. It felt like a kind of bridge, like all this like esoteric personal development work I was doing with kind of the company stuff. Like it was so simple and practical that I really saw the potential of bringing it into companies and just helping people and teams get kind of more in alignment with who they were. So, um, so yeah, I mean, and it's been like a real journey since I started working with human design. You know, when I first started sharing human design, it felt like no one was really ready for it. Um, My focus was like exclusively on companies. I was working with um, a business partner and then, you know, and and then it felt like in the past two years, I've been doing, have my own practice for the past two years. And it just feels like all of a sudden people are really ready for it. So my work is a lot with individuals of kind of supporting them in their own journeys. And then also with teams of kind of engineering teams based on people's human design so they can function better. I love that so much. And I'm going to ask you all the questions about human design Mm. in a little bit. But before we start, I want to get into like a fun round of personal questions so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Of course. Okay. So what is your favorite song or musical artist right now? Favorite song or musical artist? Um, Honestly, my partner is, I, I don't know if he'd call himself a musician, but he just like writes the most beautiful songs. So I feel like that is always my preference to listen to him sing, which I get to do because he plays his guitar <laughs> all the time. Awesome. What kind of music does he play? I don't even know what category I put it into, but it's just like, um, it's super beautiful. Like it's not even poppy, but it's like incredibly positive and like poetic and um, yeah, someday it'll be out there. Yeah. I love that. Exciting. 
Okay, so what is one thing that a lot of people misunderstand about you? About me? You know, I don't, I honestly don't really know. Like, I don't know what people's um, perspectives are and if there's something I feel really misunderstood. Like, I feel like in general, I feel like really seen and pretty recognized by um, the people that I surround myself by. So I don't know if there's anything like really obvious that comes to mind there that I feel not recognized for. Yeah, no, I like that. And okay, I want to know when you're back home in Seattle, what's your, like, where's your favorite place to eat? Well, my parents have sold their home in Seattle and now they're in another part of Washington. So um, my favorite place to eat over there, I mean, honestly, there's like this little, I always find health markets wherever I go. So there's a little health market where they live now. So it's not like a nostalgic thing, but it's just uh -huh. like my, my little um, refuge when I go visit them. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Okay, so are you into like astrology? And if so, do you know your signs? Yeah, um, I I don't know if I would say I'm into astrology. Like I love it. It's been helpful in my life. But I think people often assume because I study and work with human design that I know everything about astrology, which I don't. Um, but I am a Taurus and a Scorpio rising and my moon is in Capricorn. Oh, neat. I'm a Taurus also. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, where's one place that you would like to travel to next? Um. You know, I've never been to India and that's always been on my list and a friend is getting married there next year. So I'm feeling so excited that I finally get to plan a trip around it. Yeah. And on that note, is there anywhere that you've traveled to in the world that's just completely changed your life or maybe, you know, shifted your perspective on something? Um, I think that like Bali has been, I've been there twice, probably for like four or five months collectively, but it's just been like, it's such a home for me. I feel like I always go there like in a moment of, of transition or transformation in my life. And it just like is such a perfect container for me to kind of work through whatever I'm working through and kind of enter into the next phase. So I know that Bali serves as that kind of role for a lot of people, but I've definitely found it so powerful in my own life. Yeah. Okay. And what is, what about, um, what's something that you've like recently struggled with, but maybe overcame it and learned a huge lesson on the other side of it. And it doesn't have to be recent. It can just be kind of some kind of monumental experience. Yeah, I think that like, you know, in human design, we can see all these areas in which we're kind of like sensitive and can easily get taken off track. And I think a center that I have open, and it's actually true for so many of us is around like my ego and my like, willpower and self esteem. And so sometimes like I can have like, a vacillating sense of like, I feel amazing. Oh, I like I'm comparing myself, but I don't feel amazing. And so I think that like, struggles are just like sometimes not trusting my worth and that has gotten like better and better and better um, and especially because of my design it's all about just like what I do naturally and not the things that I work so hard for so I think there are moments where I just like um, I compare myself or don't totally just like trust the process and it's always like a blip but I think that it's just like always learning to kind of just like go deeper into myself in those periods and and just like keep learning and keep trusting and knowing that like you know, everything in my life feels so aligned right now. So it's just like, now I know that in my design, I can sort of witness those moments happening, but hopefully not let them like take me for a crazy ride. Yeah. Okay. And what are you most passionate about? Um, I mean, I think at the moment, human design, it's definitely where so much of my energy and life is going and I love sharing it. I think that that's such a powerful and grounded tool for people. And I think that like my mission is really to make it as simple and accessible and practical as possible. Yeah, I really like that. And I think I relate to that a lot because I've like just dived into the whole um, Myers-Briggs personality type system. And mm -hmm. I, a lot of the things that you're saying, like um, in the ways that it's benefited you as a tool, I, I totally agree with that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but okay. So I'm going to quickly riff here on some personality type info. Thank you so much for um, answering all those personal wacky questions. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but okay, so learning our personality type is a tool that we can use to understand how we learn information and how we make decisions. So aka our brain's inner wiring. Um, by under understanding your inner wiring, you can better understand your needs at a core level so that you can experience and feel more satisfaction in your sense of self, career, and relationships. So historically, Aaron has been an ENFJ in the Myers-Briggs personality type system. Um, and before this podcast interview, I sent her an assessment just to get an update and she got INFP. So I just want to talk about the two types side by side and see what Erin thinks. And so these descriptions come from the personality hacker and personality junkie website. So ENFJs, that four letter code broken down is um, extroverted, 
The N stands for intuition, the F stands for feeler, and then the J stands for judging. So they're one of the rarer types and they're really animated, warm, engaging, charismatic, often talkative and persuasive, um, socially savvy and excellent at both reading into and establishing rapport with other people. Uh, they really know how to create the supportive culture across families and communities and other groups of people. Um, they're highly attuned to specific needs of people, great at helping others to build healthy boundaries. They have a deep understanding of social dynamics and unspoken social contracts, and they find it easy to help others feel safe and loved and stable. How is all this resonating so far, Erin? Yeah, it totally resonates. Yeah? Okay. And the ENFJ also um, makes a great shoulder to cry on, so they're often that go-to person in times of crisis. So um, often very popular in their social setting because they know how to keep that conversation going without leaving anyone out. And they feel their best when everyone is thriving and happy and they draw their greatest joy from the happiness of others, which is really honorable, but it's tough if the ENFG, uh, ENFJ puts their own happiness on the back burner. So one common, um, I guess, I wouldn't call it a struggle, but just like a note that ENFJs make is that they often take on like the weight of the world, um, you know, just everyone else's like burdens and it's really overwhelming at times. And sometimes they can just, I don't know, absorb the energy of other people. Just that high sense of empathy is kind of what, what really, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's their superpower, kind of like Nelson Mandela. He's an example of an ENFJ. So they love to connect deeply with people and inquire about people's minds and who they are as people. So what do you think, Erin? Do you think, I know you said that's pretty um, accurate, but I'm about to dive into the INFP description. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think that like, I mean, I always like these tests always trip me up a little bit. I think it's like, I think they're so powerful, but sometimes like answering questions, it just like can change based on where we are and why we're answering them. Um, so I think like in this case, yeah, this totally resonates. I think it resonated when I first looked it up um, a few years ago, but yeah, I definitely hear that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And so the INFP description, that four letter code broken down, um, the I is introverted, um, N is intuitive, F is feeler, and P is perceiver. So they're about 5% of the general population, and they're best described as seekers as they want to know who they are and what their purpose is in life. Um, they're curious, and sometimes they admit that they can be a little restless, but they have fun entertaining new possibilities and ideas. They're paired with this really strong sense of idealism, and they can often have that like grass is greener mentality at times. But their curiosity about the world is what inspires them to travel. Um, sometimes they adopt that like nomad or traveler's lifestyle. Um, they love exploring other cultures. And sometimes they're kind of turned off by that like conventional path and they just prefer exploring things that are stimulating and things that like feel like life-giving experiences to them. So sometimes they describe themselves as passionate and intense and they often see themselves as different than others. Um, and they sometimes feel like, you know, outsiders or misfits, and they prefer to forge their own unique path in life. And, you know, money doesn't mean everything to the INFP, and they'd never sell their soul for riches. Um, and sometimes they also say that they're highly sensitive people, so HSPs, and they're sensitive to their own feelings and the feelings of others. Um, but they're animal lovers at their core, and they're really such a creative type, and they're thought of as a, a good listener and a good facilitator of conversation. So... Erin, which type description did you resonate more with? I don't know. It feels like they both speak to different parts of me. You know, I think that like the ENFJ feels super resonant just in like being super attuned and like really connected to people and just kind of like witnessing social dynamics in that way and, um, and just like wanting to support people, which is very aligned with being a projector in human design. And I think also the piece that resonates in the INFP is just that I feel like I've always kind of been on my own path. Um, and like haven't really gone in a very conventional route and that's also never really been of interest to me um, and like being alone is definitely so important I think it is really important for so many of us um, so so yeah I think there are pieces in that I mean that might not be satisfying but I think there are pieces in that 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 resonate with kind of different parts of me yeah I like that I, I feel like sometimes it's it's tough to just say yeah this is just my type like we're just so dynamic as people and we're always changing so yeah yeah yeah. Is mistyping common though, like in the human design system as well? Um, in terms of like it not resonating or people yeah, resonating or with just, different parts of it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that like 
human design, I feel like I've had the experience where people will sometimes like know their type, which is the first piece. And they'll be like, oh, like, but I resonate with other types and there are other pieces to it. But I think once you really like human design is so deep and there's so many details and it gets so specific. So I feel like once people really get into the specifics, then they like and get the full picture of their design, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so, so yeah, so I don't find most often, like, I mean, I work with a lot of people now and like, it generally is just like so deeply resonant with people. I think that like one thing I'd say is like, just because I tell someone their human design, like doesn't mean they need to operate by it. Like they can choose to operate however they like, but I think it just kind of gives them a way of operating that is more, um, that will be more successful and just feels better. So yeah. so yeah, I think that there can be pieces, but often when we get that whole picture, I think that it happens less often. Ah, nice. Okay. Well, I'm excited because I want to ask you all of the human design questions. So what is human, human design for just those people that don't know what it is? So human design is a system that is based on your exact time, date, and place of birth. Um, and it basically, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it kind of gives us our energetic DNA. So it helps us understand how we're uniquely wired to operate, specifically in like how we're designed to make decisions, communicate, you know, cultivate opportunities for ourselves, um, process information, work within teams, all the things. So it just kind of gives us permission to really find a more natural way of operating and kind of get out of like operating in the way that we think we should. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And how has it like helped you in your personal and professional life? I think it's honestly just like given me permission to operate in a way that feels far more sustainable and natural for me. I think that like I'm a projector in human design, which basically means that like I operate much better as a leader and a guide and a teacher than I do a doer. My energy is super inconsistent. Like I'm really here to be invited in and recognized for things, not to kind of initiate and try to make things happen on my own. Um, and I also like really need to take my time when I make decisions. So not being kind of impulsive and spontaneous. And so I think that like, I definitely, before I discovered human design was like not really honoring any of those pieces. I was like trying to keep up, like hustling very hard, making like rash decisions and then be like, why did I choose that? So I think it's really just allowed me to kind of settle into operating in a way that just feels better. You know, that just kind of like honors the fact that I don't have consistent energy throughout the day that like, I'm not chasing after things anymore. Like I just trust that my work is to make myself visible and the people will find me if I'm right for them. And also to not hurry through decisions and know that the only way to enter into any experience or relationship correctly is to give myself time. And so I think it's really changed the game. And I also think that like in understanding my partner and my friends and my family and the people that I work with, like. I just like, there's so much more empathy and understanding because I've just learned how to like communicate and work with people in different ways based on what their design is and kind of really honoring it in, in all of our interactions. Yeah. I love that. And I'm a projector just like you. So I'm like, just always so excited when I see your post about projectors and just like you, you provide bits of value and just like little actionable steps. I just love it all. Oh, good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. How did you get into human design? How did you discover it? So um, I was, I live in New York, like I said, and I was in 2015, I was sitting at a party on the Lower East Side, which is a neighborhood in New York. And this guy sat next to me and looked up his, my human design and just like started rattling off all this stuff about me. And it was just so interesting because it was like, I'm so open to that stuff. So I was like, tell me everything. But also like, I was just I felt like everything he was saying was so familiar, but like not really stuff I'd really allowed myself to kind of own in my life. So he was my first teacher. He introduced me to it. We worked together for a long time. So he was the one who really kind of opened the door for me. Nice. And what are the different types? I know that you said you're a projector and there's other types too. And I know that the descriptions can get kind of lengthy, but like in a nutshell, like what are the other types? So we have manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. Um, and so manifesting generators and generators are the people that really have kind of the energy and the life force to really make things happen, bring things to life. Most important thing in the world is that like they're doing work that is deeply satisfying to them and using their energy in a way that feels really good to them every day because when they're lit up by what they're doing, they're kind of powering all of us. Um, the difference between the two is that manifesting generators tend to move very quickly. So they often thrive when they kind of have their energy in a lot of things at once um, rather than just kind of doing one thing and, and they kind of need that level of stimulation and they can move very quickly. Um, projectors are the ones that are really here to kind of be advisors and leaders and guides and teachers. Like I said, often our energy is much more inconsistent, like it's there and then it's not. Like the joke with projectors is that we're meant to work like three hours a day, which I know is not feasible <laughs> for so many of us. But I think that like 
just knowing that you're just reminding yourself that your gift is not in how much you can do, but it's just like in your perspective or kind of this unique just modality or whatever it is that you bring. Um, and, and as projectors, our gift is in kind of really understanding people and um, being very sensitive to energy in that way. Manifestors yeah. are the ones that are really here. To, how does that piece resonate with you, all the projector stuff? Oh, I'm like sitting here nodding my head and smiling. I'm like, I love this because my husband is a manifesting generator. And so just those kind of like energetic, like balancing between the two of us is like tricky at times because my energy is so there and then it's not there. Yes, exactly. So just like not trying to keep up. I think in relationships, we get so tripped up when we like expect someone to be more similar to us than they are, you know? And so when we like really allow people to be different, it's so empowering. Um, And then manifestors are the ones that are here to just like initiate and get things started. These are the people that are really here to kind of make the first move. Um, They often operate best when they have like a lot of freedom and autonomy and control. Like they're really not here to do things in their own way. So they really are not here to do things like being told what to do by other people. They're here to do things in their own way on their own terms. Like they're not here to be managed. And so often they thrive best when they're kind of given their own domain to just do as they please or when they're kind of working autonomously and doing their own thing. And then reflectors are the last type. And these are super unique beings that are basically very sensitive to their physical environment. So they're basically taking in everything in their environment and kind of mirroring it back, kind of like letting us know the state of things and how things are going. And so most important thing for these people is that they're in environments that feel good to them because they're going to take in so much of whatever's in that environment. And also like their identity is designed to kind of be very adaptable and mutative. And so kind of allowing themselves to feel different every day, depending on where they are and who they're with and not trying to kind of put themselves into one box in terms of how they're presenting themselves or how they're feeling. Yeah, I love that. Oh, I'm so excited. I just can't wait to like dive into more of this because I'm just still new to human design as a whole. So Amazing. yeah. Okay. What's a blueprint and how can our listeners get more details about getting their blueprint done by you? So a blueprint is one of my offerings and it basically is a 30 page PDF on your unique design. It goes through the type, the strategy, authority, profile, send all the things. Um, And it basically is designed to kind of just be like a a deep dive into just like the most important pieces of human design in a way that is simple and practical and in a way that you can really integrate it into your own life. Um, And so yeah. And so if you want to, my website and Instagram are Aaron Clara Jones, AaronClaraJones.com. Um, and the link for the blueprint is there if you guys are interested in diving into your design. Sweet. Okay. And now I want to ask you questions about coaching, consulting, and speaking. So what other services do you offer as a leadership coach? Um, so a lot of my work is with individuals and teams, like sessions. I do a lot of um, work with teams and kind of helping with hiring, but also just like, again, helping kind of engineer teams and do workshops based on um, how they're kind of really designed to best function together. Um, So those are the main services, like teams and individuals. You know, I do a lot of, um, outside of that, like a lot of speaking and and podcasts and I do retreats as well, but like those aren't really like central to my business. I see. And like, speaking of the speaking engagements, like what types of, um, you know, like workshops are those or like, what do you talk about? specifically with human design is that kind of the same does that mirror like your coaching like just consulting I think that like the coaching is really about helping people kind of use their inner use their design and then kind of integrate it into their own life whereas the speaking is really often like an introduction to human design it's kind of not going into the people's human design there but really giving them perspective on what the system is and and the value and kind of introducing them to the different types and so you know I do speaking at a lot of just like spaces and a lot of communities, but also at a lot of companies, you know, I think that like what human design does in such a cool way is it kind of gives people like a real language and a framework to just like think about how they operate and think about how they can really find their flow. Um, and so I think that it, it's such a powerful tool for that. So I think within the context of teams and talking in, in those settings, it's very cool. Nice. And you've been featured on many podcasts. So which podcast has been one of the most inspiring to you as an interviewee? I mean, honestly, they're like all so fun. It's always very interesting and different because people interview in such different ways. I think um, one of the recent ones that I really enjoyed is I was on Almost 30 and we did a live recording um, in New York City with like 200 people. And that one was so fun because I think that like they'd explored human design on the podcast before and it was just like, so people like had a taste of it and they just had like super specific questions. (laughs) So they were just like, you know, pummeling me with questions for an hour and a half, but it was so fun. And it was just like, having that kind of much energy in the room and energy in the space was super cool. Nice. And I just have like a random question. I know that as a projector, you said it just kind of 
about recognizing like when your energy is there and when it isn't but like when you're talking about human design do you feel like you're more like ramped up and have more energy in that sense totally you know i was just in la last week and i had like a bajillion podcasts and talks and sessions and i would find like the in-between time when i was like commuting from one to the other i was like oh my god i'm so tired and then I would get to the place and like the minute I started talking about it, I was so excited. So I think that it, it definitely like pumps me up in a way that is amazing, but also like, I've got to be careful. I was, I did like a talk to a community online on Sunday night and it was like at 9 PM because so many of them are in Australia and I just like couldn't go to sleep till midnight because I was just so excited. So I think that it's really about just like, again, and saying that the night that we did that live event, I was like buzzing for hours. So I think it really gives me so much energy, but again, like it's probably not sustainable if I do that all the time or if I do it late at night. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Okay, so with spirituality, like do you have a spiritual practice? Do you like, you know, meditation, yoga, any of that? Yeah, I think that like, um, I don't know if I would call it a spiritual practice. I think that like, I feel like my life, I've always explored different modalities and practices and kind of connecting to myself. But yeah, I think I've been practicing yoga daily for, and I've done, many teacher trainings for years now, probably for like seven years. Um, and then meditation also practice a lot in the past, done Vipassana, love meditation. Um, and so I do that daily, but I think my real daily practice is um, Kundalini. I, and I do, I mean, I do vinyasa yoga daily as well, but I think that like waking up and having my Kundalini set is a very sacred kind of precious time of the day for me. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, what's your favorite type of yoga? Is, is it Kundalini? Um, I mean, I don't think I would say it's my favorite because they're so different, you know, like um, moving through yoga and, and physical practice versus Kundalini, like Kundalini is just a whole different weird type mm -hmm. of yoga that integrates so many different things. So they both I do on a daily basis and are very important to me, but like just serve very different purposes. Yeah. And are you into like manifestation in universal law and like the whole quantum physics? Like, is, is any of that interplaying in your life? Yeah, I think that it like, it does, but I think it also shows up in like a more organic way. Like, I think that like, I, um, you know, I feel like I've always explored this stuff. Like human design definitely integrates some quantum physics and things, but I think that like, I, my life is like really honestly, like in surrender. Like, I feel like I'm not somebody that's like, I want to be here in six months and do this. Like, I'm really just like staying aligned every day and like, and just like watching how it all emerges and kind of being very open and receptive to the process. So I think that like, if I had tried to kind of, um, and again, like none of this stuff is around control, but like, had I been like, I want it to look like this, like it just would have never happened. So I think that like, I try to get super clear on like my intentions for the day and, and what I want, but I also seem to be, I, I work to kind of be very open in how that actually unfolds and manifests. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I like that whole vibe. It's very, it reminds me of like where I live. I live on the island of Kauai in Hawaii and it's just very yeah. much like that. Have you been here before? Oh my God, I love it so much. Yes. Nice. Um, yeah. Have you like, what's your favorite, like, I don't know, beach or nature, you know, spot on the island? Do you know? Do you remember? I don't remember the name. I've been there, like I went there once with my family when I was young, but I went there for New Year's a couple of years ago with like 20 of my friends and it was just like so magical I think that like there was one hike I don't know the name of it but it was just like so stunning it was like just we ended up in this like huge like I just I don't even know how to describe how beautiful it was so I just like Kauai is such a magical place I feel like whenever I've landed there I'm like oh my god I'm so glad I'm here so I would definitely love to come back soon oh awesome yeah okay so on a stressful day like what I don't know healing items do you have with you or like just what do you have on hand I think that like I used to carry like so many crystals around with me everywhere like I don't really do that as much anymore like I probably could more and like I definitely have them like all over my house but I think that like it it feels like less I guess an item but I feel like I just like have to remind myself of like my practices I feel like when I'm stressed out or like um feeling overwhelmed it's just like closing my eyes and being with myself rather than trying to like catch up you know I think at home it's like it's often just like slowing down and being by myself is I think the best thing that I can do rather than kind of caught up in the hustle of it all. Um, I got this like new sauna bag because, which is basically just like you wrap yourself in this crazy thing and it's like an infrared sauna. It's a weird little thing, but that's actually been so nice. I was feeling like overwhelmed with all my work yesterday and I just got in my sauna bag and fell asleep and it was like the best thing that I could have done. Wow. I've got to look that up. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. And what or who is one huge like influential 
thought leader that you know you follow maybe in books or on social media mm. I think I've been like really you know I know that like Joe Dispenza is kind of all the rage right now but he really is like so profound and powerful and I've just been listening and, and reading more of his stuff lately and I feel like he's bringing such a necessary perspective and offering to the world so I think he's where I'm most interested right now nice and if you could give just one important piece of advice to someone who's just starting on, you know, their personal development journey, kind of getting closer to home, you know, back to themselves and building that self-awareness, what would it be? Mm. I think honestly, like so much of human design is just about kind of giving ourselves permission to be who we are and just kind of bringing us home to ourselves. So I guess I would just like encourage people to really just get in touch with like what feels an integrity and authentic to them and just honor it as much as they can. Because I think it's like so hard to attract aligned relationships and opportunities when we're not honoring who we are. And I think when we're actually like honoring who we are, it can be really scary at first. We might alienate certain people, but I think it ultimately sets us up for such greater and more satisfying success. And so I would just encourage people to kind of really get to know themselves and honor it in kind of every decision they make throughout the day. Yeah. And I just, we were just chatting Aaron and I, and I thought that I was a, a projector this whole time in the human design system, but we just found out that I was a generator. So does that happen often or did I just mess up royally? <laughs> I think that like, usually we catch it pretty early. So I don't think like it happens very often. Like sometimes people will like send me, they're like, I, I thought I was this and then this, and then I'll look it up and it becomes pretty clear. I was yeah. worried that the software was totally wrong. Um, but yeah, I think that like sometimes the conversion of the time can be a little bit confusing. Ah, I see. Well, I'm, I'm glad that I'm brand new to human design because like I yeah. don't think I've like put in, you know, all yeah, of the work yet. So this is fine. <laughs> Good. Thank God. We caught it early. <laughs> okay. Well, can I just selfishly ask you, like, what, can you describe a little bit more about a generator so I can see if maybe I resonate with that one? Totally. That type? Yes, of course. So generators are basically the people that really have like the energy and the life force to kind of build and create and make things happen. Um, most important thing is that they're deeply lit up by what they're doing. The idea was that is when they're lit up by how they're using their energy, they're basically like creating energy for everyone around them. So it's like this super magnetic, juicy energy. And you know, it's different than a projector in that they're not meant to wait for an invitation, but they are designed to like build their life and business through magnetism. So it really is about doing what they love and just like trusting that they'll attract the right things to them through the process. And it's all about kind of tuning into their gut to know what they're available for and what they're not. Okay. I totally, totally resonate with that. I think like every time I read like so the wait funny. for the invitation with the projector thing, I was like, I don't want to wait for an invitation. Yeah. Like, it was so frustrating. So do not wait for an invitation. Don't wait for an invitation, but but do try. Don't like um, don't like initiate and chase after things. It's more like you're here to kind of allow life to come to you. But once you get that gut, once you get that spark, that you're like, oh my god, yes, I want to learn more about this thing. I'm excited about that person. I want them on the podcast. Like that's the permission to reach out. But you don't need them to like invite you in. You just need some like gut response that is like, this is the time to do it. Let's go. Wow. Okay. Thank makes you sense. for that. Yeah. yeah, but totally makes sense. Okay. I have more specific questions okay. in just a bit. I just feel like I selfishly like was asking questions for myself. No, so, of course. Um, I want to know what have you been up to lately? I know you've been like just so busy. Yes. I've been a little bit busy. Um, I think that like I'm in such an interesting time in my business, especially as a projector where I just like, I can't really, um, I, it's not sustainable for me to do all the things anymore, um, at least on my own. And so, um, yeah, so I'm going to be, I'll be announcing it soon, but I'm going to be taking kind of like a quick pause at the beginning of next year to just like fully redo some stuff because like just, you know, without going too much on a tangent, I was in a meditation course with a dear friend, Emily Fletcher, who's such an amazing teacher last year, last week. And she talked about this concept of creation and maintenance and destruction. And we should always pay attention in our lives to where we are like maintaining, where we are creating, where we're destructing, you know? And it was such a good exercise for me because I feel like it's been so amazing the business this year and how much interest there is. But like, because there's been so much interest, I'm just maintaining. I am yeah. just trying to service all the people and I love it. And it's so fun, but it's actually not leaving me space to create the new things. So I think where I am right now is really about, you know, trying to move in the early next year into like a real deliberate phase of creation just to kind of make the business a little bit more sustainable for me as a projector and hopefully reach a lot more people in the process. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like, like I've heard something that was like, rest is like kind of that catalyst for like your creativity. Like, do you kind of resonate with that or do you agree? 
Totally. And it's, it's an interesting kind of rest because I feel like when I, I feel like I've always felt the need to be productive, even in rest, it's like, okay, I'm going to study this thing. I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? And so I think just like learning to really slow down and pause and really not do anything has been so important. And so I feel like I give myself so much more permission and like, whether it's going on walks in the middle of the day or naps, which like, I I feel like I like meditate in the middle of the day more than I take naps, but like when I need to, I do, you know, but I think it's really just like trusting that my energy is going to flow in a very inconsistent way. And my work is to just tune into it and honor exactly where it is I am. Yeah. Yeah. Rest is, and rest is so important for all of us, but I think knowing how important it is for projectors, especially, I think has like really given me the permission to step into it because when I try to do stuff when I'm exhausted, I'm just like, a mess. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I I know when I'll be more successful and more productive. Yeah, totally. And like, just on that note, like, do you ever experience like, you know, emotional or energetic burnout? Like just when you're going through all your, you know, your schedule and the the day to day and the week by week, it's, you know, do, do you get burnt out at the end? I think that like, um, I would say sometimes, but it's a different kind of burnout because I think that like, I don't feel I guess I don't feel burnt out. I feel like more like I definitely do pack my schedule and like there's a lot right now, but I also just like, I love it. And so like, and I'm an energy projector. So I actually have energy for a lot of it, you know? And I just really like, but I also am like zoom out. And I know this is like not forever. I know that this is like part of building a business is like having crunchy periods where it's like, oh my God, this got to a point where I have to do all the things. Like I need to bring on support. And so we're just in that, in that phase right now. So, um, so I wouldn't say that I'm burnt out. Like I feel my body feels great. I feel really healthy. I'm sleeping. I'm really taking care of myself. I just feel like I am working really hard and I, yeah. and I, and I love it. And I also feel like there is a way of working that I can be a little bit more in the creation mode and a little bit less in the maintenance mode. And that's more where I'm kind of gearing up towards, but I, yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm burnt out. I just feel like, because when I'm exhausted, I really, I, I rest, I take it easy. Yeah, totally. And like, just for our other projectors out there, like any kind of like energy tips, any, you know, management tips? I think just like, again, like so much of it is one, spending time alone, taking time to rest, like really just kind of taking time to like disconnect from kind of other people's energy. I feel like I used to be around people all the time. And now it's like, I try to work from home as much as I can, because like just being in my own space is so good for me. Um, and one, sleep a lot. I always recommend projectors to sleep alone. I know it's not desirable or feasible for some people and that's totally normal, but I think that it really is such a good time to just like let go of everyone else's energy and come back to your own. Um, yeah. And I think the biggest lesson for us projectors is really truly in remembering that like our worth is not tied up in how hard we work or how much we do. It's like in the way that we see our wor- the world, it's like our perspective. And so just really owning that because like, I think there are times where I'm like, oh, I'm in real doing right now. This is actually not my magic lane. Like, how can I get out of this? So I think that it's really just about bringing that awareness into how you're using your energy every day. And so like the output you are doing is like stuff that actually feels like so unique to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I mean, do you ever feel like you as a projector, or other projectors try to like energy match other like types that are more like do, do, do? Totally. All the time. I think often like projectors end up being like super generators and like, because they just actually don't know when to stop. I mean, I I don't know if I've shared this with you before, but like when you think about generators, so for you, for example, like you're kind of designed to wake up every morning with like a full tank of energy and like, you've got energy, but it's finite and you kind of know when it's gone and then you crash and go to bed, you know, whereas projectors, because we don't have that same consistent access to energy, we actually don't know when it's gone. And so we just keep going and going and going and going. And then we just like crash, you know? And so, and because we are kind of taking it on, taking in an amplifying generator, manifesting generator energy, we can kind of like be a little bit over the top and overzealous in how we show up. And so yeah. I think, again, it's so, I think I love working with projectors in particular just because I like can speak from my own experience, but I think it's such a powerful system for them to discover because I think they're trying to be all the things that they're not. And there's something so liberating about just being like, oh, I'm a projector. My energy operates differently. Like how can I honor it rather than resist it? Yeah, I absolutely love that. And like on the flip side for us, like, you know, as generators or manifesting generators or, you know, maybe even a reflector, um, how can we best support our fellow projectors, you know, who have a totally unique set of energy needs, just like the rest of us? I think really in like honoring their need for rest and making sure that like the decisions they're making are because like they feel invited in and recognized and not just because they feel like they should. And, you know, I think, and an example I share often, but it's like such a potent one for me is like when my partner and I travel, he's a generator. 
did I tell you this piece about landing no. in a new city? Uh-uh. Well, like land in a new city and like he immediately is the energy to go explore it. And like, I'm like, I got to lay down for like two hours, yeah. probably more, but like, I'll try and go and explore because I'm like, this is what I should do. And like, I've got to see the city. And he's always just like, no, you can't. And like, yeah. he just like sends me back to the hotel and I'm always like, oh, you're right. But I think that like for him knowing knowing those waves in my energy has been so helpful because like when I'm reaching that point of being overzealous and doing too much or like he just like he can see it so clearly and he's just like you've got to stop and so I think that's really helpful and I think again also honoring that like your projector friends and partners and siblings really do need time alone so just like really giving them and honoring that space rather than like expecting them to keep up with you or do everything with you. And like, and, and the last example I'll share is like my, my dad is also a projector and when we're on family trips, like my sister and mom are both manifestors and they've got a lot more energy than we do. But it's just it's so fun having the language because I think I used to be like, why, like, how can they just keep going? Like I need to chill. And my dad always retires earlier than everyone else. And so I think just having the language has been like, they're like, oh, you got to go do your thing. Great. You know, so that's been really helpful for us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Like just type systems, like give us that language to understand the unique differences of everyone, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And just permission yeah. and like relief to actually step into it. Yeah, that's true. It does give you permission and like relief to just step into who you truly are. That's yeah. beautiful. That's so cool. I know, but now you're a generator. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I know. I have like a bunch of questions here about projectors, but Hey, maybe that's what the message, you know, was meant yeah. for too, in a sense. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I was wondering, like, I've seen that there's different types of projectors. Like you said, yeah. you were, what, what kind of projector again? Energy projector. Energy, right. And there's like, like emotional, right. And mm. self-projected mental, all the other types. How can like, how can you figure out what type yeah. of projector you are? So those are actually different distinctions. So basically when you, what you're talking about is the different ways of making decisions. So that's going to be like emotional or splenic or self-projected or ego. Energy projector is a whole different type altogether. That's kind of like a different classification of three different types of projectors. But what you're referencing, which is such an important piece, is the inner authority. So if you look up your human design, we might have given a link before, but you can look it up at erinclairjones.com slash look up. You're going to look at your type and the strategy, and then you want to look at your inner authority. And the inner authority is how you're designed to make decisions. So like, say you're an emotional projector, it means that you really aren't designed to make decisions in the moment, but you're really designed to kind of sleep on things and really give yourself time to feel into things. If you're splenic, you're super intuitive, super spontaneous in the moment, making decisions based on like a whisper or feeling that you have. If you're self-projected, it's all about like talking things out, verbally processing, kind of just like listening to what you say. And so, so those different distinctions are, are there more, there are mental, there are ego, um, but these are people that are really, it's just really how you're designed to kind of assess whether or not an invitation is correct for you. Wow, that is so yeah. cool. Like, do, yeah. wait, do each of the types have different, like, distinctions as well? They do, and there's overlap, you know? So, for example, like, you are emotional, like I am, and emotional is possible for generators, manifesting generators, projectors, and manifestors. So your way of making decisions relies on, like, which centers you have colored in or centers defined, mm-hmm. and there's kind of, like, a hierarchy. So if you have your emotional center colored and you are emotional, like that's it. And so for you too, it's like, you have a very strong gut response. You have an incredibly strong intuition in your design, but like in terms of making decisions, like making big decisions, you're basically not designed to make decisions in the moment or like spontaneously. It's really healthy to sleep on things and really kind of give yourself time to feel into things before you commit. Yeah. I'm just like sitting here like chuckling. Cause like I, for my entire life, I'm like, make decisions right now. And then I've just been like, man, like in retrospect, I wish I would have just given it like a day, you know? Yes, exactly. Do you feel like you tend to be patient or do you feel like you are more impulsive? (laughs) So much more impulsive. Like, I think I'm naturally patient, but like, just based on like, you know, my environment, other types that I was around, I've just kind of been trained to be like, do, do, do my mom. Totally. I believe my mom is a, well, see, now I don't know what her type is because I'd be messing up everybody's charts. So. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. no, but I think um, she was, I think at first she got like manifesting generator. So like, I don't know, what's like the big difference between like, a manifesting generator? Yeah. And a ma- or manifester and then a generator. Yeah. So um, manifesting generators and generators both share this like natural energy and vitality and life force to kind of build and create and make things happen. The difference between the two is that manifesting generators often tend to move super quickly. Like their gift is out of efficiency so much so that they often like skip some steps along the way. They just like find the most efficient way to get there. 
but also manifesting generators often thrive when they have their energy in a lot of things at once. It's not about just doing one thing. It's about actually doing all the things, you know, and yeah. like being like very stimulated and like passionate, passionate about a lot at once. Um, and so, but there are similarities, you know, for generators too, it's also just like honoring what you have the energy for and what you don't, but it's going to look a little bit more like I'm going to put my energy into this thing and then like move on to the next thing. Like I think of my partner who's a generator, he's like, I'm focused on writing my book. Once I do that, I'll do this next thing. He's not like, I'm going to do the book and the event and all the things at once. Like he's got to do one thing at a time. Yes. And so I think that like, but, but for both types, again, this amazing vitality and life force and ability to make things happen and just like honoring what are the things that like naturally light you up and energize you the most? And what are the things that are just like the most depleting and the most kind of draining? Yeah. Thank you for that. I was just thinking yeah. about when you were talking about the manifesting generator, my husband is one and okay. just like the example of like having his hands and everything at once, or like, just like being like stimulated by multiple things at once. Like I've always like, I feel bad now. I've, I've seen it as like, Oh, like, couldn't you just like turn one thing off or like focus on one thing or like, come on, like you're going to mess it up if you don't like, you know, focus on like one thing. And it's like, that's, that's, that's how he is. So it's such a good example though, because I think so often manifesting gender, I mean, all of us have these just like conditioning around like what we're not supposed to be. But I think a lot of manifesting generators feel like they're too scattered. Like they're doing too much. Like they can't actually bring like anything to life. And so I think that like, it's so cool that you recognize that because I think like for them, it's embracing that and also knowing that like, they're going to be the most successful when they're doing all the things. Like they actually can't be satisfied or even that successful when they're just doing one thing, they're going to feel so trapped and bored. Um, yes. But again, just knowing those differences, because again, like I work with so many manifesting generators that have like traditionally great jobs, but they're like so bored and just not stimulated. And they're like, I kind of need four other things. Or I'll have a manifesting generator who like has a very successful company and they're like, I'm done you know, yeah. my energy's not there anymore. And so like really giving themselves the permission to just like keep tuning in and be like, the energy is no longer there for this. Okay. Let me pivot on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. And just as like for the manifesting generator, what's, what's kind of that key that like they need to follow? Like, you know, with the projector, you said, wait for the invitation. Yes. Like what, what is it with manifesting generators? So it's actually the same as with generators. And so the strategy for both of these types is called wait to respond, which is basically about allowing life to come to you and knowing that your like essence is to be incredibly magnetic and your work is to tune into your gut to know what you're available for and what you're not. Again, distinction is you don't need an invitation. You can be like literally looking online and be like, oh, that, or, you know, or you could be at a party and you're like, oh, I want to talk to that person. Um, so that's for both types. And then there's going to be a distinction between whether or not someone can respond in the moment immediately. That means their authority's sake role. And if they need a little bit more time to feel into things like you, they're emotional. I but see. again, even though there are such distinctions, they do share that strategy because they kind of share these like very core elements. Of their design. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And like with these centers, is that linked to the chakras at all? It is. So there are nine centers in human design and the idea is that it's just an evolution from the chakra system, but like very similar functions in human design, like each energy center will kind of represent a different function in your body, a function in your life. When the areas are colored in, that's like where you're really drawing energy from. Those are the things that are more consistent for you. And when the areas are white, those are the areas where you're kind of the more, most sensitive to like taking in other people's energy and where you can kind of be the most open and sensitive and vulnerable. Interesting. And, and like, yeah. Uh -huh. And so like, okay, as a generator, am I supposed to be operating from like the center that's colored in? So like, is that the heart center or? So your centers that are, so your decision-making is based on those colored in centers because those are the things that are more reliable within you. So like, for example, like, you know, it's really about like your gut, what you're getting in the gut. And then once you sleep on it, whether or not that gut response is still there. So, but like, you don't want to make decisions from those open centers because those are the areas that are like most inconsistent for you. You know, like for example, an area that's open for you is all around your willpower, which means like sometimes you might have the willpower to do things, other times not. But if you make decisions based on that, it's going to be really hard, you know? So it's for you, it's really about like making decisions based on like, am I truly lit up by this thing? Am I getting like an expansiveness feeling in my gut? Now that I slept on it one or two days, like am I still feeling that excited in my gut? And that's what I can move forward with. Whereas yeah. like say somebody was sacral, and that means that they're designed to make decisions based on their gut response in the moment. But where they could get tripped up is taking on other people's emotions and kind of getting like riding high on their wave and making decisions based on that rather than like really their true gut that is kind of the more reliable thing for them. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And that makes me think about like, I, so I look at your Instagram and I see like yeah. you put little tips, you know, like uh, for gut decision makers, for intuitive decision makers. So like what's an intuitive decision maker? 
so into i sometimes change the language because i don't like it um the decision making is called splenic and that is ah, okay. intuitive but the idea is your base it's it's all based on your intuition but like people don't know what splenic is you know i see um, yeah. similar i just posted one yesterday about ego you know and, and I wrote a note to ego de decision makers, but still that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to people. That one is, re is really all about like whether or not your heart is really in something and whether or not you really have the willpower to do something. I see. And so is that related to being an emotional type or emotional? No, that's the, different. No, that's different. So that's, that's somebody whose inner authority is ego. So gotcha. it's going to be like the different inner authorities are like emotional, sacral, splenic, ego, self-projected, mental, lunar. I see. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I have so much to, so much to learn. <laughs> oh my God. It's such a rabbit hole. There's so much information. And like, I think what I always remind people is that like, it's not really designed to, it can feel overwhelming. You look at this chart and you're like, what is going on? There's so much there. But I think that like the surface information is the most important. And once you really align with that and like become aware of it, like a lot of the other things kind of snap into place. You know, yeah. and so for you, knowing that you're a generator, knowing that you're meant to be lit up by what you're doing, that you're meant to allow things to come to you, that you're meant to sleep on things. And like, I guess the other piece that I'd recommend people go into is looking at all their open centers and all the areas where they can kind of get the most taken off track, because that's super revealing too, just so they can make sure they're not actually like making decisions from those places. Interesting. I'm going to have to order a blueprint from you because I'm yeah. just like, now I'm curious, like, because I've just read like, you know, what, um, career paths like projectors have been in in the yeah. past and now I'm like I wonder what the generators do <laughs> so. yeah totally no it's I think that and again it's I, I can't tell people like specific career paths but I can tell them how to find it you know right yeah totally totally like um because as a projector you're here to like guide right and exactly. like provide those like insights yeah exactly cool. Cool. yeah what, okay so as a generator what would I what what would I be here for is it kind of like tied to life purpose in a sense yeah. I mean, I think as a generator, like you're just meant to be like so lit up by whatever it is you're working on. And so like, I think for you, it's always taking inventory of like, what are the relationships in my life, the projects, the opportunities that are the most naturally energizing? What are the things that are the most depleting? How can I funnel more and more energy into the things that are energizing and like trust that my purpose and direction will unfold when I do that. But like, it's not like you live your purpose by being like, I'm going to be here in five years and I'm going to figure out how to get there. It's more like, what lights me up right now? How can I invest oh. more energy into that? And just trusting that like the more you do that, the more attractive and magnetic you become and then it all unfolds from there. Yeah. So like yeah. it's being present a, a huge part of it. I think, yeah. I think also just being like attentive to what's showing up in your world. Like I think one of the biggest shadows for generators is like if you get so fixated on one outcome, you actually become blind to all the other things that are coming your way. And so yeah. for you, part of your work is in opening your awareness and just seeing what else is showing up. Wow. That speaks to me so much. Cause I, yeah. I feel like I totally get that like tunnel vision. I'm like, and I just get like, this is the outcome. This is the outcome. And I get so disappointed when like, it doesn't match up to this crazy ideal that I, you know, set it myself. Totally. And so just like releasing expectations a little bit. And like, there's also an aspect of your design too, where you're just like really designed to only do things when you're in the mood. Um, so there is a quality yeah. of just like, you know, honoring that you're like, I'm not actually in the mood to write this thing or do this podcast. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. You know, obviously there are going to be some exceptions in terms of like being accountable and like, and being responsible in that way. But I think that like, it really is honoring what you're in the mood for knowing that when you're in the mood, like things are going to happen in, in such a more flowy way. Ah, that makes me feel yeah. a lot better. Cause yeah, I totally feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm either in the mood for something or I'm not, I'm either interested or I'm not. And I, I don't know. Yes. I feel like, I hate to call my family out, but like, you know, they just have their certain expectations um, yeah. from what they've been conditioned with. So it's always been like, you know, like, oh, you're lazy or like, what's like, what's up with you? Like, that's why I think I used to like uh, resonate yeah. with that projector type because I, I just thought maybe the inconsistent energy, but maybe mm. it really is deeper than, you know, maybe not, maybe it's, it's the whole like, am I truly lit up by it or not? Yeah. And like, also not that it like, is what I think I'm supposed to be doing, but more just like where I'm at right now. And like one important piece to your design, you live in Hawaii, right? Yes. Yeah. But like for you, like you're somebody whose identity is incredibly sensitive or I'm sorry, incredibly flexible, which means like you're not meant to have like a super fixed idea, identity. Like this is who I am and this is what I'm doing with my life. It's like actually always changing and mutating and adapting. And like part of your work is actually being comfortable, not always knowing who you are and just like allowing yourself to feel different depending on where you are and who you're with. And the best thing you can do for your direction and your purpose is, is to be in physical places that feel good to you. 
I imagine if you're in Hawaii, it feels good to you. Um, It's a very special place in my experience, but I just think (laughs) that like, you've got to be in like cities and homes and offices and coffee shops that feel good because like when you're in spaces that feel good, you just make yourself available for like the right opportunities and the right people. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I totally resonate with that. I mean, I feel like being here in Hawaii is, is very nice and it feels good a lot of the time, but then there are like some situations where like, I feel like I just, I'm an introvert, so I don't really dig being in large crowds all the time. I can do it once a year at the county fair, but you know, it's like, I'm trying to honor that too. So yeah, it all makes sense when all these things like weave together. Cool. Yeah. Amazing. I'm so glad you finally have your real design. (laughs) Thank you. Hopefully it was helpful before as a projector, but now knowing you're a generator. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I just, I like reading about all the types though. I feel like, like once I first dived into like Myers-Briggs, I was like, let me read about all the types. Let me make everybody take the test because I just want to understand people. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And all the different systems just bring a different piece to the puzzle. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, one final question. So what does it mean to like follow like your, your strategy and your inner authority in human design? So I know you touched on it a little bit, but just maybe in a, in general for all the types. Yeah. So I would say, again, look up your strategy and the inner authority is going to be different. So for you, for example, because you're a generator, and this is going to be true for every generator, manifesting generator, following your strategy is all about allowing life to come to you, waiting for it to trigger gut response before you engage, following your inner authority for you, because your emotion would be to sleep on things before you commit. If you're sacral, it would be to trust your gut response in the moment. If you're splenic, it'd be like to hear that intuitive knowing, spontaneous intuitive knowing and listen. For me as a projector, following my strategy is waiting to be recognized and invited into things and because I'm also emotional to sleep on things. So just kind of finding that unique combination for manifestors, the strategy is all about initiating, making the first move. And then once they've decided to initiate something, really kind of reflecting on all the people that decision is going to impact and making sure they let them know. And then for reflectors, the strategy is also about kind of be invited in to really share their wisdom. And for them, they're following listening to their inner authority would be giving themselves like a full 30 days before they commit to something which I know is so unique and so cool for reflectors but yeah so it's really kind of combining those two elements of our chart wow wow okay and sorry one actually one last question this is just for like fun like do you know of like just maybe like a celebrity or like maybe a notable person for like each of the types that maybe like the community might know And I know it's like tough because not everybody knows who everybody is but just just for fun okay so projector Obama, which okay. feels like such a duh for me because he's like such a cool, he was like invited in a leadership. He was elected into it, you know? And yeah. like, when you look at his career, it was actually like, I, I read Michelle Obama's book, The Coming. And it's so much like him just being like recognized for a special thing and like invited into the next level. And like with his human design, he was supposed to like come into his prime, like when he turned 50, just so funny because wow. he was like elected in his in his 40s. Um, yeah. So he's a great example, but also someone who's not designed to do that much. He needs the right support around him. Um, I think a great generator is Oprah, you know, just like so like buzzy and energized and like the capacity to really do um, manifesting generator, Jessica Alba. Um, I think like, because again, when you look at her, she's doing so many different things, you know, it's not about just doing one thing or limiting herself in any way, but like anything is possible. Um, manifester, you know, there are so many like older leaders that are manifestors. Like I love who I had such a good one recently. Um, but like my, my Angelo's, uh, manifesto, which I love too, because she's just kind of like charting her own path, doing her own thing. I think reflectors are a little bit, um, harder. There is a lot of talk about whether or not Michael Jackson is one. I think that he's either a projector or reflector. My feeling is honestly that he's a projector, but I don't know. He might be a reflector. Um, Ama is a reflector. Ama, do you know who Ama is? She's like the hugging saint. She's like gone around the world and like hugged millions of people. I got a hug from her a couple of years ago, but it is really such an interesting because like reflectors are here to reflect back and she just like gives these powerful hugs and like people just like burst into tears after. So she's like, I have to like, I would love to like learn more about her, but it definitely feels like she's living her design. Yeah, that is so neat. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you like diving deeper with me into this because I know that there were like a lot of people in my community that were excited about like you being on our show and like they're just totally getting obsessed with human design too. So, oh my God. And thank God we did because we would have thought you were the wrong design. (laughs) So I feel like we needed this round too to actually clarify exactly what your design is. So now that will hopefully empower you to dive deeper. Yeah. Thank you so much. Of course. Where can our audience find you? I know I probably asked you before, but just so that they 
can find you easily online, on social media, yeah. um, you know, maybe your website. Yeah. Yep. So Aaron Claire Jones everywhere. So my website's AaronClaireJones.com. My Instagram is Aaron Claire Jones. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you cool. so much. Of Have course. a beautiful day. Of course. All Thank right. you. Bye. Bye. What's up, everybody? It's Riley with the That's Deep Podcast. Naomi and I would love to invite you to leave a review on iTunes. Scroll down to the bottom of the page after you're done listening to the episode and find the ratings and reviews. Tap the number of stars you see fit and leave a little comment for us. At the end of each month, we'll do a little raffle and pick a lucky reviewer to receive a little gift card from us at the That's Deep Podcast, a little token of appreciation. Thank you for all your support and good luck.